Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Today I'm incredibly excited to be joined by Eric Renala, who is one of the founders and uh, you know, main partners at Marker Capital down in Los Angeles. I would say, Eric, you are probably the hottest venture fund. I know you, maybe you don't want to admit that, but I will say <laughs> the hottest venture fund in Los Angeles. You've been just in the game for such a long time from being the VP of product at TripAdvisor. You were with my buddy, um, uh, uh, Michael Deering over at Harrison Meadow as a seed investor. You did, I mean, the accolades go on. How are you? How's LA? <laughs> thanks, thanks. Um, LA's good. Um, you know, I moved down here about four years ago from the Bay Area, and in that time, the ecosystem has, you know, matured and evolved a lot, uh, a ton, really. So it's been it's been fantastic, and, and there's still, you know, a long way to go for LA as an ecosystem, I think. But uh, but I think for the long term, it's going to be it's going to be one of the most interesting startup and tech ecosystems in the world. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I was chatting with Matt Mazio uh, of uh, you know Chris Saka's uh, partner over there, at Lowercase Capital. I know they're uh, primarily uh, headquartered in in the Los Angeles area, and he was just talking about you know from the days that he was at CAA to now, you know, like like if you're a consumer product or you're anything related to media and entertainment, I mean, you know, anything related to publishing, like LA is probably the best place to be. I don't know what your take on is that uh, on that is. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's right. For consumer, I think LA is a fantastic place to be because it's one of the biggest consumer markets in, in the world. Um, and then it's also a really diverse consumer base. So it's probably one of the best markets to launch a consumer product. You've got, you know, every socioeconomic group, ethnicity, race, language, you know, uh, it's really an incredible uh, incredibly diverse consumer market. So for launching a consumer product, it's great. There's also a ton of consumer talent here, not only from the entertainment industry. I mean, I think that's what everyone thinks about when they when they think LA, but that's only about 8% of the GDP of LA. Broadly, LA is just this really big, diverse economy. So we see a lot of consumer stuff and it's a great place to, you know, start or run a consumer business. But, uh, you know, you've got the aerospace industry with companies like SpaceX and a bunch of drone stuff going on. Tesla's got a huge presence here. Faraday Future, a lot of the uh, electric car uh, industry is here. You've got, you know, the biggest between LA and Long Beach, 40 or 45% of the, all the stuff that comes forward. So you've got a huge logistics industry. It's just finance. It's, it's a really diverse, big economy. And we see that reflected in the companies that we end up uh, investing in and the founders that we meet. So it's a, it's a pretty cool market. Fantastic. Well, that's actually a good segue into my next question. You know, I personally have always, I have a hundred percent failure rate when, <laughs> when I, uh, when I, you know, have been, when I've attempted to, to, uh, to launch a B2C business, you know, what are some of the differences? And I know that's, you know, this is a, a, a long winded, not, not an easy question to ask, but, you know, if you think about maybe one or two of the differences, what are some of the differences between go-to-market strategies when dealing with or launching a B2C versus a B2B business? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the type of uh, B2C business, but uh, but often uh, 
you know, immediate and clear transaction that happens, whether it's a SaaS business or, you know, a product that you're selling to a B2B customer or an enterprise customer. Um, oftentimes the monetization comes faster and it's more, you know, it's more clear cut with some types of consumer businesses. It's not, not always true. I mean, sometimes there is a clear transaction with consumer businesses, whether it's you know, e-commerce or buying a product or something like that. But, but there's this whole class of consumer products like, uh, you know, social media content uh, sometimes, you know, and others where the, the monetization comes not from kind of an immediate transaction that, that gets monetized. So, and, and often you need a really large user base for those types of businesses to work. So there's this lag where, uh, you know, it can be harder to bootstrap those businesses uh, because you can't monetize them as, you know, as immediately, uh, which, you know, which can make them different or harder. Uh, you know, I, I think with consumer businesses uh, that don't monetize immediately, you really have to be able to scale up fast uh, and, and, and show the momentum and then, you know, raise capital based on that versus with some other types of businesses you can, you know, you can demonstrate the unit economics early on, you know, in a transactional business and, and, you know, that, that kind of traction can sometimes be faster than, you know, the, the scale on a consumer business. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I personally launched a, a social network for travel in late 2004. I was trying to build a, a Facebook clone and my space was still, you know, really hot, but you could see that there were some issues uh, on the horizon and um, and I just failed miserably, and you know, and, and I just and one of the reasons why is frankly we didn't have the virality or the social graph that we have today that I think a lot of consumer businesses can actually ride on. And if you think about like MySpace, from what I remember, you know, they were able to build like a small ecosystem or small community of followers in the Los Angeles area, kind of leveraging other people's audiences and I just couldn't actually do that but when I ended up moving into B2B or the early days of SaaS I was able to identify like a very specific user type within an organization reach out to that organization and that user and say hey are you having these same pain points and it was a lot easier for me to actually verify that and then eventually get some commitments so that's what I really liked about about B2B do you kind of see the same sorts of stuff with some of the companies that you're uh, that you're investing in? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think with B two B, oftentimes you can uh, you can start to validate the demand and and sort of what customers are willing to pay very very early on in a different way than you can with with consumer. Um, you can you know again you can start to get a sense for unit economics, cost of acquiring a customer, lifetime value. Uh, you know, often much more quickly or earlier in a, in a B2B business than you can in a, in certain types of B2C businesses, you know, the, like the one you described around social, you know, and creating a social network, for example, uh, that can be a lot tougher because there's no, or oftentimes there's no immediate monetization there. So you don't have a sense or at least a good sense for the lifetime value of that customer uh, or, uh, you know, how well you might be able to monetize them. So that makes it hard to then think about paid acquisition. So then you're really only relying on, on, you know, different types of free acquisition. And there aren't that many of those. You've got, you know, PR, um, SEO, which takes time to kind of scale up. Uh, so it, it, it is, it is more limiting. Got it. For sure. Awesome. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about Mucker? What are you guys up to? Um, you know, any, any kind of exciting news. And if you're a, a founder, what, uh, 
you know, what are some some tips that you would, you know, that you should be mindful of when you're trying to attract or partner with a firm like Mucker? Yeah, so we kind of do two things. Um, you know, uh, we make seed stage investments uh, out of a, a seed stage venture fund. And those are usually, you know, seed rounds anywhere from kind of a million to two plus million. Uh, and then we also run what is ostensibly an accelerator program called Mucker Lab. Uh, and those are usually pre-seed companies that are, you know, raising angel capital or have raised kind of angel rounds. Uh, and then we participate alongside those angels and then they go through uh, our program, which is we, we work with a really small number of companies per year, probably about 10-ish companies a year in annual cohorts. And, and we don't uh, do a three-month, three- or four-month program like, a lot, like most folks do. Uh, we, we have kind of annual cohorts, so a lot of companies will work out of our office for a year plus. Um, uh, and then we work really closely with them. Uh, in terms of advice, you know, uh, I think that, you know, for, for us, uh, we look pretty broadly across anything internet or software enabled. So we don't, we don't have specific uh, limitations on the types of companies we're interested in. Anything that's kind of internet enabled uh, software services is, is, is interesting to us. Um, you know, and, and I see a lot of companies spend a lot of time early on on fundraising uh, and, it, and it ends up being a distraction from actually building the product and validating some of their, kind of initial core hypotheses. I mean, if I had sort of one piece of advice at that stage, I'd say focus as much of your time as you can on just, you know, building an initial product, validating some of your, you know, those initial kind of core hypotheses uh, and less time on fundraising because, uh, you know, the, the minimum amount of fundraising that you need or funding that you need to do that just to build that MVP and, and validate some of those initial uh, hypotheses is, is really all the funding you need in the beginning. And I think sometimes people try to go out of the gate and raise, you know, a big seed round before they actually even get started on building or, um, or, or trying to go to market with an MVP. So uh, I'd, I'd focus on getting some proof points first before trying to go out and raise a big venture round. Awesome. Eric, thank you so much. I know you're dialing in from the road and the Los Angeles roads can be uh, uh, you know, an interesting place to be uh, calling in. <laughs> really appreciate your time. If folks want to you know, follow you on social media, what are the best channels? And uh, are you on Twitter? What's your, uh, what's your handle? Yeah, I am on, on Twitter. It's E-R-S-F. Uh, my handle's an artifact from when I still lived in San Francisco. <laughs> nice. Fantastic. Well, have a wonderful day and, and uh, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks. You too.